What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we tap experts on topics that matter most to the modern working woman, whether you are running the show or working your side hustle. We're bringing in leading female entrepreneurs to share their stories with you. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. First up on today's episode is expert Sharifa Murdoch, and we'll sit down later with special guests and the one and only Rebecca Minkoff. But let's start off with Sharifa. She's a New York native who worked her way up to the top of the fashion industry, confidently slaying the game with style and grace. She currently serves as the founding partner at Liberty Fairs, where she concentrates on bringing new brands to life through the industry's latest menswear showcase. Sharifa's love for retail and fashion began as a teenager when she landed her first job at Atrium, a retailer owned by her mentor and now business partner. But we'll let you hear about that story directly from her. Please welcome to the podcast, Sharifa Murdoch. So I'm going to kick this off just, you know, massaging you, getting you ready. <laughs> <laughs> so you're what we're calling the entrepreneur's entrepreneur. Oh, amazing. Um, you got into the trade show biz at only 23. Yes. Wild. Can you tell us a little bit about the start of your career and your entrepreneurial journey? Well, I think I fell in it by mistake, to be honest with you. Um, I always was. I always worked in retail. So I worked at um, stores like Louis Vuitton and Marc Jacobs and all these other stores. And then I worked at a store called Atrium. And Atrium was like one of the hottest stores back in the day. And my partner, well, actually... My partner, who's my partner now, his name is Sam. He, I was working at Louis Vuitton and he called me back. or work no, partner? No, 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 work partner. Okay, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sam called me one day and I was working at Louis Vuitton and he was like, everyone's coming back to Atrium. And I was like, I don't want to come back. I was at Louis Vuitton buying bags all day. I was right. like, so happy. Yeah. And he was like, no, 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 just trust me. And it was just something about him. Like, I always, always trust him. I worked with him for many years before I went to Louis Vuitton. And it was just something that I trusted. And when I got back, he was like, I'm starting this thing. It's called a trade show. And I remember I was 23. I had no idea what I was doing. None. And what was so good about him was basically that he wasn't like a micromanager and he didn't care if you made mistakes. And this is how he is up until today. It's like, he's very, he, he gives you an opportunity to kind of like take off and do what you, what he thinks you're best at. And that's how it started. And he was like, let's do this trade show together. And I was like, okay. You just took the leap. 
Yeah. 23. 23. Because you trusted this man to Mm -hmm. like be kind of your better half in work. Yes. So 23, I didn't trust that I was doing anything right. (laughs) No, none of us did. Yeah. But I think at 23, you're also still a little naive to think that everything is just like la-di-da, right? And you don't, you're not really focused on a career. At least back then, I wasn't really focused on a career. I I didn't even think. Focused on paying rent. I was, exactly. In New York City. (laughs) In New York City. Um, I think it was just more of me just taking a chance and opportunity, having an opportunity, and getting that opportunity, and saying, "Look, let's see how, let's see what happens with this chance." That's and that amazing. Was it. Yeah, and that's honestly what we found at Create and Cultivate is like everyone's biggest. That's what stops everyone from doing it. Yeah, especially at such a young age. I think nowadays it's really difficult because you're under so many pressures. Yeah. Right. I think that before it was like you lived in your own bubble. I think I lived in a bubble where I just thought nothing can go wrong. That's the bubble that I lived in. I wish I lived in that bubble. I did. I, I live in the you. bubble where I'm like, okay, if this is the worst case scenario, no. I'm going to like back <laughs> in and this could be the other scenario. And so that's. I, in my mind, I live very free. Like I don't uh, like to think negative. Mm-hmm. So I always try to think with positive intent. And in my mind, it's like, this was just going to be something fun to do. And it started out. It was amazing. Like it was very fun. Like you right. got to travel the world. You got to find new brands. You I got mean, to like speak to so many new people that you've never met. You've gotten introduced to other people that you never think you'd even be in a room with, you know? Yeah. And oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you start out like very in this way where it's just fun. And yeah. you're not thinking it's a job either. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the best part of it. How do you think free like that? Like I think with so many women in this, in myself yeah. included, with the imposter syndrome being very real, even mm-hmm. like as I move up at Korean Cultivate, I'm yeah. like, Everyone, I feel like that is just like such a real thing. No, it is a real thing. I, I have tons of friends that have the same problem. I think it's more about just believing in yourself and being very secure with yourself. You have to know what you've been put on this planet to do, right? Like I know I've been put on this planet to help other people. That's it. And I know that I'm I'm good at certain things. There's certain things I'm not good at. Yeah. And I'm okay with admitting that. Yeah. But I think it's about first having that initial conversation with yourself. And do you and your business partner like have that balance? Of, yes. Okay. Yes. Like certain, what you're not good at. What I'm not good at. I mean, every year is something new that he comes up with, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Why didn't I think about that? Yeah. You know, like he uh, he started out as my mentor, and now he's my business partner. But he's also still my mentor. I mean, goals. because I'm always still learning from him. Yeah. You know, I think once you stop learning from someone, that's when you need to move on. I've worked with him since I'm 16 years old, and I, up to this day, I'm always still learning something new. With what you do, yeah, and with what we do, obviously, mm-hmm. partners are key. Very. How have you like grown your client list? What are some of like the things that you see over and over where you have like seen success with like repeat customers? I think it's just about really and truly having a real relationship with people, an authentic relationship, not a fake work relationship, right? right? So I somehow am always balanced with meeting people that I really and truly like. And yeah. I always, I mean, some people, you know, you definitely like, Ugh. Yeah. but for the majority <laughs> of the part, I don't want to sound like it's perfect. Totally. Um, but, but for the majority of time, I've met some amazing people in this industry. And I think it's about really building those relationships and really keeping them yeah. and like understanding what they're going through and not just being about me, me, me. It's yeah. never about just you. It's about how can we help you? How can we, what can I do to help you to make you better? And I think people appreciate that because not many people ask that question in the beginning. No, I completely agree right? with you. So it's about keeping, keeping a mindset of like, listen, 
this person can be going through some things and this person can be going through something different in life. How can I help you get to where you want to be? I couldn't agree more. I've been in like an account director. I've I've worked Mm -hmm. on the agency side, even Mm -hmm. obviously at Create and Cultivate, we're servicing clients at all of our events as well. And I've left companies and I've gone and worked for clients. I've become best friends with clients outside of work and it is it's about human relationships. Human, yeah. Most importantly, and I really found that to be the also biggest Also being compassionate for people. Yeah, and I don't empathy. think, and having some sort of empathy. It's yeah. important. I think that people nowadays are so rough, and you never know. Like, right. on an outside, I always call, I have this thing, and it's a term where I'm like, okay, they're like a cookie. Yeah. So, like... You know, like, have you ever got, like, a really good chocolate chip cookie, and on the outside, the person seems like, oh, they got it together, and it's, like, really hard, you know? But then on the inside, when you kind of, like, start, like, chipping away, it's like, wait, this person's really soft, and then your friend is, like, crying, and you're like, wait a minute, why are you crying? I'm always, like, with that term, like, you could be a cookie, and it's okay to be a cookie. Yeah. But you, as a person, you as the person on the other side, you have to have some sort of, like, compassion for that person and understand, you know, what they're going through. Absolutely, and I also think it's, like, being real with people so if something's gonna be late and you know that's gonna delay their Their entire team just tell them you gotta pick up the phone and be like put your big girl underwears on and say listen (laughs) I am so sorry but it's gonna be like it drives me crazy the dodging of emails stuff like that ghosting yeah it just doesn't sit well just pick up the phone and be like hey this happened it's gonna be just slightly delayed here's the solution here's the new timeline or even if it's a no just say no. Yeah. And it's okay to say yeah. no. But I think that people are so afraid of what other people may think. Or that yeah. I think that Or they don't think I have it together. Exactly. That they are like just like, well, if I don't answer, maybe they'll stop responding. Yeah. You know? Which just feels worse. Worse. Yeah. Exactly. Eventually, from your first project at twenty three. Yeah. Mm-hmm project project <laughs> you moved on and you started your current yes. project. yeah you want to tell us a little bit about that so basically I was at project for 10 years okay exactly 10 years and um you know we ended up selling to a bigger company I mean which was great amazing amazing more people should be so excited about that <laughs> yes but it then became very corporate Mm-hmm. And when we started Project, it was very entrepreneurial. And I love the spirit of being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And that's where I learned the difference between entrepreneurial and corporate. Yeah. Um, and listen, I got some really great things from being in a corporate atmosphere, but I just felt like it wasn't for me. And mm-hmm. I realized that quickly. And I understood that I didn't want to stay in that position. So once my non-compete was up, basically Sam was like, look, let's do something again. And I was like, not another trade show. And he was like, let's be partners. And then I thought to myself, Ding, another opportunity. Listen, I'm a girl from Brooklyn, born and raised. You know, my life could have been totally different. I can either work for someone for the rest of my life or I can be in business with someone and own something. Yeah. And I was like, listen, this is another great opportunity that has been put in front of me and I want to own a company. And that's how it started. And that's how Liberty was born. Tell us a little bit about Liberty. Liberty is, I always say it's the best of the best within the menswear space. Um, Liberty is a, a fashion trade show now a fashion event, actually. Um, And it it follows the same suit. You have all these different brands. It's a B2B business where you have all these different brands come in and the buyers shop the next season. You know, it's very simple, simple to what we were doing before, but we just elevated it and made it better and had more activations and just created different activities on our floor that we didn't do at the past event. Right. Right? And you made it more interesting and compelling for buyers to want to come to the shop. Absolutely. It's just elevating 
a really boring, sometimes boring, boring yes, experience. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I know that life. No. Um, <laughs> Hey ladies, listen up. We've got a new vitamin that's perfect for women on the go. Between meetings and unanswered emails, sometimes as working women, our health can take the back seat when it shouldn't have to. That's why I'm a huge fan of Ritual. Ritual is honestly one of the best things I found in 2019. When I started the year off, I wanted to make sure that I put my health as a priority. And this really does allow me to get all the vitamins that I need in two easy to swallow tablets. Um, A friend of mine actually mentioned Ritual in passing and of course, being the person that I am, I looked it up and I fell in love with it, not only because of the company and what they stand for and transparency, but also because it's power packed with all of these vitamins that you need. You normally would have to go to the store to get like 10 of them. You can put it into two. Um, So super amazing. And then also it's easy to take. You can stop it whenever you want. You can start it up whenever you want. And it took me like 10 minutes to do. Also, what I love most about Ritual is the fact that it's simple to order and it doesn't take much out of your time. So even between meetings, you can do a simple subscription for less than a dollar a day. You can really give your body all the nutrients that it needs and have it delivered right to your door. So honestly, it's a win-win situation. Better health doesn't happen overnight, and right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off. So fill in the gaps with your diet. Go ahead and take advantage of the subscription. So you can visit ritual.com backslash party to start your subscription today. That's 10% off during your next three months at ritual.com backslash party. That's 10% off at ritual.com backslash party. We're also huge fans of Envision Fest. Ah, thank you. We know all the hard work, obviously, that goes into that. No walk in the park putting on events. We're literally recording this in between production. Exactly. Exactly. So from marketing to partners to logistical partners and hiring people to help set up the event and manage Mm -hmm. the event. What is your team looking like with Envision Fest and like who's all putting it together? Oh, my God. So fortunately, when I decided to start Envision Fest, everyone in the office was like, oh, I want to be a part of it because it was all female driven. And basically, it was just something different from trade shows, right? right? So, you know, they're used to doing what they do. And they're like, listen, this sounds like it could be interesting and fun. Yeah. So everyone from my office, my production team is from my office. They're like, right. oh, we're got, we, we want to join in. My marketing girl was like, oh, we want to join in. Uh, everyone was just wanting to be a part of it. And So was it a side hustle? It kind of was a side hustle. Okay. Now it's like a real hustle. Yeah, it's a hu- it's a full, I would say it's, <laughs> it's a, a full-time full hustle. So are you doing both currently? Oh, yeah, in- okay. including another show we just purchased and another swim show we have. Oh, so we okay. do, uh, yes, we have three trade shows and one B2B, B2C business as well. You're doing them all? Yeah. Is everyone else doing them all? Or uh, do, are you like now? For the most part. Some people okay. are separated. So I have like probably three people that don't work in our office full time on Envision. And then everyone else that works in our office does work on Envision for the most part. And okay. they work on Liberty and they work on Capsule, Cabana, yeah. all the shows together. Yeah, Jacqueline... I mean, Korean Cultivate started the same. Yeah. When she started, it was a side hustle, to yeah. her, but her entire company was working on it. Exactly. I mean, that's the way you have to do things. I think it's the smarter way. Yeah. You know? So three full-time mm-hmm. outside of your current team. Yep. Um, where do you see the company in like growing. a year? Yeah. I honestly see it growing into like a major event that happens in New York. Yeah. Um, I think that it's definitely needed. 
I love the fact that like we did our first one last year and there was a bunch of girl, young girls just like happy. Yeah. Like, they've never been to something like this and they'd had the experience of even coming. Yeah. So I definitely feel that there is a void missing within that space. Mm -hmm. And that's the void that I want to fill. So I look at it doubling in size. I look at it like we went from last year being one day event to now being a two day event. Great. So I look I look at that as like progress and I look at it, but I don't want it to get crazy. Like right. I want it to grow organically. That's just the type of person I am. Yeah. I want it to be exactly where it needs to be in the right time. How are you making hiring decisions for it? So if these, um, I look at people from a, a perspective of how much do you love being a part of this, right? Like I look for people that are interested in like what we do. Mm -hmm. I want passionate people. That's how I make my hiring decision. If you are passionate about something that we're doing and I can feel it and I can sense it from just speaking to you, that's how I make a decision on hiring you or not. I like that. Yeah, because we want hard workers. It is hard work. Yes. What are some of the biggest hurdles that you think your team faces? I think for the most part, because for Envision, especially because we're new, I think, you know, hurdles that we'll always face is like people just not understanding what it is or not believing in it until someone else jumps on the bandwagon. That's yeah. the that's the world that we live in. Like yeah. I feel like there's people that like I picked up the phone and called a couple of my friends when I first started and it was like you're doing it. I understand it. Let's go. But then it's people that you pick up the phone and they're like, "Well, you I know, we need it. to see it first or blah, blah. they want to hear who's a part of it first." And I think that that's where it kind of sucks, you know, yeah. because it's like, dude, this it's not rocket science. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you what it is, and I'm telling you that you're doing something good for, like, a community. Right. And that should be the case. For other people who yeah. are trying to start an event series, mm -hmm. which, is, again, yeah. we're reiterating, it's not <laughs> a walk in the park. It is not. It is a lot of hard work. It's a lot of thinking through every single Every step. single detail, yeah. And then also, not only for your attendees and the people there and the partners, but yes. the people that you're servicing as 100%. clients that are helping. You have to look at it like a 360 like anything, you have to make sure that you're like servicing every single bit of it. And that's just the, you know, the end of all be all. I want to circle up to mentorship mm -hmm. if we can. Yeah. So it's something really close to your heart. Yes. It's big. What would you, and he was, and your partner was my your mentor. mentor. Yeah. I love that. What are the three best qualities that you would say? In a mentor, yes. I would look for like patience. I look for just genuine, like, a genuine being like a person that is just genuine like you can tell if someone's being genuine with you or not and how I also look for how they work because if they have the same passion and the same drive then you know that they're going to put that within what they're giving you so that's what I would say do you have any advice for people seeking out mentorship I think just find someone that you respect and that you can honestly and don't be shy about it like I think nowadays, which I, I think is phenomenal, is that we have social media, right? So yeah. if you admire what someone does, and it could be on just off of social media alone. I feel like I have up. social media mentors. They yeah. don't even know me. I'm like. No, but that's what it is. Yeah. Like, a lot of girls hit me up on DM and like, hey, can you mentor me? And I'm like, of course, I whatever am. you posting. need. <laughs> whatever you need. Like, I will answer questions. I will have that's you awesome. in the office. My assistant wants to kill me half the time because <laughs> everyone is like important for me to meet. Um, that's great. But you, as a mentor, you have to take time with people and you have to just understand like, everyone isn't going to be up to the same level as mm -hmm. you. And they need that help, that extra push to basically get where they want to be. Yeah. So that's what, for me, you know, it's. It's, it's like a no-brainer. It's like something that comes naturally. 
I have to do it. It's in my DNA. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Um, So we're here in New York. Yes, we are. If you can hear the traffic in the background. (laughs) (laughs) So I can imagine running a business in the Big Apple has some pros and cons. Yeah. Can you share any any resources that you have for people who are hoping to be small business owners or just starting out in the city? When you say resources, what do you mean? I would say, like, there are some good things. I would say the good things and the bad things, right? Mm -hmm. The good things are there's an energy and there's so yes. many people and so many events you can go to and uh-huh. so many opportunities that I think like a Midwestern or, you know, yeah. like other cities just don't have of that course. hustle. But also that comes with competition. There's so, so many other people. Understood. So many. In my mind, the pros are simple. Yeah. You just need to be out and about. You need to make sure you're aware and you understand what's going on around you within what space you're in. Doesn't matter if it's fashion, doesn't matter if it's beauty, if it's wellness. You need to know if that's what your passion is, you need to be around that. Yeah. That to me is a pro because there's always something happening in New York. Yeah. At every given time. Exactly. Winter, spring, summer, fall, there is an event. On such a level too. It's it's levels to levels upon levels. Yes. Like <laughs> it can be a thunderstorm. It can be there's always going to be an event, okay? I think the con is, of course, there is competition, but I think that you it also drives that person to do better. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. there's always going to be competition. There's always going to be someone that's better. There's always going to be... But it's how you do things differently, and it's how you think differently as a person. What is your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur in New York? You said you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like, that, to me, is the best thing that... that's We're living in, like, the best time right now. You can do whatever you want theoretically and make money from it you know like I think I think whoever's growing up today and they feel like they can't figure it out they always have to think about what they love doing anytime someone's like I don't know what I want to do you know I'm just like what do you love doing I love speaking to people I love building relationships so this is the career path that I've taken you can figure it out as long as you figure out what you really like to do if you like to vacation, look, you can be a tourist and post your pictures on Instagram all day. Like, I really did the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you look at it like, damn, maybe I should have came up with another career. But, you know, I just think we are living in an amazing time right now. And I yeah. think that, you know, it's important for us to also look back and help the people up coming up underneath us because those are going to be the leaders of the next Absolutely. World, you know? How do you think, as an employer... Yeah our roles have to change with this changing generation of you workers. You have to understand how they work. Like, right. I've learned that 100%. Yeah. I'm very understanding on how other people work. And I'm also understanding on, like, we. my generation was taught that you just need to work, 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 mm-hmm. work. The next generation coming up is like, no, we yeah. actually need breaks. We actually need to take time off. Like, I tell the staff all the time, like, we always have these conversations because they have a certain amount of days off, and a lot of people sometimes don't even take the days off. Right. And I force them to because I know you need a mental break. You need to separate yourself, and you need that mental time to, like, gather your thoughts and come back and be fresh. I want people to come into the office feeling fresh, not feeling drained. Yeah. And I think that my generation was taught that you work hard, you work hard. Yeah. You can work hard. Especially coming from New York. Yeah. You can work hard, but you just don't have to work stupid. And yeah. I think that after a certain time, if you're in an office from like, let's just say 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., you're working silly. Yeah. Like working yourself You're working stupid. yourself stupid. And it's like you're not enjoying life either. Yeah. And I'm a big advocate about enjoying life. You need to enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, enjoy just being a person because we only get one opportunity. Yeah. I'm only going to be this age today. 
Like, I need to enjoy what's happening today. Right. You know? And people with zest for life bring bigger ideas. Bigger and ideas. Like and fresher perspectives. When, you, when, you're, when you're more aware and more, like, untired, you are you have more energy to think of new things. Yeah. You know, yep. sometimes I'm like drained and it, my mind just goes blank yeah. because I, and then I notice I'm killing myself. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? How do and you reset as someone who's running uh, so many companies? I go away. Okay. I am a, I'm not a long-term traveler. Like I don't go away for two weeks. I can't do that. But a Thursday to a Monday situation, it always kind of like that helps. brings me back to life. I like yeah, a hundred percent. Tell us about the next couple of months. The next couple months Any are trips? wild. <laughs> well, yeah, I actually just got back from Barbados. Oh, nice. Um, I have to go to Trinidad, and then I fly to Europe for Fashion Week. And then we start the whole circuit all over again. There you go. And we have all our shows, trade shows, and everything else that we do. Amazing. Yeah. Well, we're going to put all of your details in... Um, the episode description so they can link out and follow you. Okay. Um, and come along for your journey. Thank you. It was Sammy. so nice having it you. It was so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. One of the most common struggles that we hear from our community of small business owners is hiring. Hiring is no joke, and that's why it's one of the largest learning curves for business owners. It's why we're stoked to be partnering again with one of our favorite platforms, LinkedIn. It's so true. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business. When I first joined Crane Cultivate, we were a small but mighty marketing team, and now we are a rockstar team of five. Our holy grail for hiring is always LinkedIn. We're able to post jobs, look for candidates that might be interested, and with the recruiter features, we can connect directly with women who might be a fit. But that's not all. As a new member of the Create and Cultivate team, my updated LinkedIn profile has brought us new opportunities for partnerships, speakers, and even contacts that might be interested in working here in the future. I know it's known for being a platform to find jobs, but honestly, the benefits of LinkedIn as an employer and small business team are just as impactful. They are the best when it comes to finding people to work for you and also finding the best of the best and not just anybody. And when you need A-plus talent, don't leave finding someone great to chance. I found that LinkedIn is really one of the best resources to go to post your job, to make connections, to grow your career, and discover new job opportunities. Recently, I saw that one of the other teams was going to have a new hire down the pipeline, so I just reached out proactively to a few contacts that fit the bill, and boom, we had a new hire before things even got dire. Honestly, I find joy in searching around and looking at career trajectories and accomplishments of women in our field. Shout out to all the connections I've made by doing that. The internet girl gang is very strong on LinkedIn. There you have it. LinkedIn is great for new gigs, new contacts, expert partnerships, and of course, for your next dream hire. Today, we're offering work party listeners $50 off your first job posting on linkedin.com slash work party. Go get your hire on and get the support you need. That's linkedin.com slash work party to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. To kick off today's second interview, we're sharing a little unknown fact. At the age of just 18, Rebecca Minkoff packed her bags and moved to New York City to pursue her dream of becoming a fashion designer. Today, she now leads her global namesake brand with a wide range of apparel, handbags, footwear, jewelry, and even tech accessories. Her playful and edgy designs can be spotted around the world on young women and celebrities alike, including the entire Create and Cultivate team at our conferences. Let's dive right into the interview with Mrs. Rebecca Minkoff. 
Let's start by talking about your podcast. You built a podcast around uncovering the secrets behind some of the most successful women in the world. I was lucky enough to be a guest on it. Why was it important to create a brand where storytelling was part of it and kind of going beyond, obviously, the fashion brand? I think for me, what was really um, sort of like the aha moment was I was doing events in our stores um, once a month interviewing a successful woman, and it had nothing to do with shopping. I just wanted women to, like, come together, learn something new, and I thought there had to be a more efficient way to do that um, and, and obviously reach a far bigger audience. And so for me, it was, like, expanding that content. You know, when I first was starting out, you know, I relied on a network of women who would help me and move me forward. And so now, you know, this was my sort of way of paying it forward and and hopefully giving, you know, women who are starting as entrepreneurs or whether they're in the corporate ladder to just also have that. So how long have you had the company now? Next year, it will be 15 years years. <laughs> it's amazing. And congratulations. I feel like most businesses that start up, you know, don't work out, which is why it's so difficult and so hard and why we are having these open and honest conversations. So, you know, 15 years is a massive milestone and kind of on, you know, the cusp of that, you've launched the Female Founder Collective. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and what the purpose and mission behind it um, is going to be? Yeah. So I launched that also in last September. I think I wanted to have two babies at the same time Uh, with with the idea that if we at a grassroots level can start changing consumer behavior by shopping female founded that, you know, we can stop talking about the wage gap in our lifetime and stop looking at it from the idea of, you know, if there's just more if there's 20 more CEOs of billion dollar companies, of course the wage gap will average out and look more even, but let's actually approach it from the 12 uh, million women owned businesses in the U S and could we get money to flow to them? So first and foremost was the symbol, which you now will see on packaging such as, you know, Lola tampons or, you know, Rebecca Minkoff handbags to, you know, birch boxes or seeing, you know, seeing it in storefronts and store windows like Dry Bar or other or Egg Shop, um, and and more and more companies are starting to do this. And then also on the back end, could you create a network of founders, women who can, you know, help each other out with what we're all going through? And I think every single entrepreneur has a passion, and that is their business. But then there's a whole other set of things that they have to learn that they never knew they had to learn. And so here's you know, 4,000 women today who can answer a lot of those questions or just be a great ear of like, girl, I understand what you're going through. Absolutely. And so what do you think? I mean, I guess two questions. One, what was the biggest challenge for you in starting your business? And then what do you think the biggest challenge is today for female entrepreneurs who are just starting out? My biggest challenge was financial. We were, you know, funded with nothing. Um, and we started growing very fast and, you know, the VC trend that exists today is definitely not something that existed when I started out. Um, so it was private equity as an option or a bank loan. And if you couldn't get either one of those, you didn't really have much shot. So in the beginning, uh, once we had some success, you know, my brother had to use his credit card. He had to mortgage his house. Those were like our sources of capital in -hmm. the beginning. And I think for women starting out, you know, there's great things about what social media has done, but it also has made it harder to stand out. You know, like when I launched Daily Candy was like the one place that if you got it, you were good. 
And now it's like, you have to have a social media strategy and it has to overcome this idea that you have to be in a lot of places all at once, all digitally in order to make an impact. Absolutely. And also on top of that, it's like with social media, it's, you have to have daily news and daily things happening. So the momentum and the, like the pace to even participate these days, it's, it's, expensive and yes costing, frankly yes um yes. so I, I think that's an accurate really accurate and really like thoughtful kind of way to talk about the challenges that are facing people today it's a huge opportunity and like a huge pain in the ass so okay let's talk about your company what is the team structure like how has it changed um you know over the years and like what were some of the key hires early on so the key hires early on was Anything that I didn't do well, that was my first hire. We hired someone who was really good at sales, and then we hired someone that was really good at production. Um, I ended up hiring another designer because it was too much with how quickly things were starting to move, too much to just have me be this old designer. Um, now it's, you know, a very mature organization. So we have senior level people, more middle management, um, not as much as people would think. We only have three people in, in those roles. I think it's probably a sickness that most entrepreneurial companies have is when you hire that middle layer, it's really hard because if you have active founders, like my brother and I, like we actually work with, you know, I work with my social media manager and we decide the grid and having someone sort of decide that for me just doesn't feel. Yeah like the right thing. And so I think for us, you know, we've, we flip-flopped as an organization where we were too flat and then we had too much in the middle. And now we, I think we're at a happy spot where it's like, there's three people in between us and everyone else. And then they still all know that we're going to be in, in the nitty gritty. Let's talk about, you know, like you said, going over the grid and being an active founder. I think it's very challenging and I might just be projecting at this point, but I think it's very challenging <laughs> to figure out how to get out of the weeds. Like, when did you take that step? And like you said, you have three people between you and the rest of the company. How, I mean, how were those hires? Were they very hard to find? Like, how do you, how do you build that trust and loyalty um, as you grow and scale? We've put people in between us uh, in places where we don't have the time to focus day to day on those, on those things. And that we, you know, it's taken us a long time. Like we just had a CMO start and we've been looking for that role for probably three or four years. And we've tried certain people and hasn't worked. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping this one does. But I think that you also want to hire for the places where you don't want to be. And so, you know, if I'm going to be more forward facing, doing a lot of the content, traveling on the road all the time, I actually have to admit that I can't run the design team day to day because in the past they'd be waiting on answers if I was, uh, you know, away for work and like, oh, Rebecca didn't approve this yet. And it just became unmanageable. So I think we just said, you know, what's realistic uh, and then and then hire for either the jobs you don't want to do or the jobs that you actually have outgrown and can't do on a day to day basis. So that was hard to like give up the I didn't pick the fabric and I didn't pick the Pantone. You know, that was really hard to sort of give up that day to day management. But it's allowed the company to grow in other ways, if that makes if that answers the question. So you are obviously based in New York City. You are sort of a quintessential New York City brand. And now obviously you're nationwide, international and all things. But what was it about New York? Like what role did New York play in building your company? And, and you know, do you feel like women need to be in a New York or in LA to like launch a business successfully? I think it depends what kind of business. You know, when I moved here when I was 18, like New York was 
the capital of fashion for the United States. And so there wasn't another option in my mind. I think now you could go to LA and start a perfectly successful, respected company, fashion there. But I mean, there are tons of women that have, you know, huge companies. If you look at Spanx, you know, she's based in Atlanta or Kendra Scott is based in Austin and they are far bigger, far more successful than I am. So I think it, I don't know that location matters as much. It just, I think it depends like what your specialty is. And with, with all the magazines going out of business, you know, who knows? You don't need to be, you don't need to be here as much. (laughs) Yeah. And your rent is probably a lot less. (laughs) Oh my God. When Um, I found out what the rent was in LA, I was like, let's move the whole company just based on the rent alone. And meanwhile, it's like, I feel the same way about Austin all the time. (laughs) I'm like, wait, what? We are moving. I know. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, the things we do to live in these big cities, but I, I really appreciate that. And I think, um, yeah, I think social media kind of leveled the playing field in terms of where you need to be in the work you're kind of doing and how you can get that recognition and, you know, be smart about your money and like where you're kind of, you know, spending it. Is it on your office space? Like that's not ideal either. I think that's really interesting. So back to the female founder collectives for, you know, we have obviously a lot of listeners that have companies or side hustles or things like that. How can they get involved in that? And what is like the long-term vision for this, like in terms of where you want it to, to go? So you can get involved by going to the femalefoundercollective.com. Um, if you are a female founder and you own 50% of your company and have a service or a product that is not pre-launch mode, um, you apply. And I would say as far as long-term, long-term goals of it is I really want to be able to say that we changed shopping behavior for the better, that consumers started shopping female. And that, you know, we could see that, you know, these companies grew from that support. But I also, you know, am in the middle of making a forward-facing database. So if you do want to shop female, we make it really easy. So you can go there, you know, I'm hoping to have it done by September, but you can go there and just like whether it's services, products, here's the hub of female-founded businesses and and hopefully generate a lot of attention for women to go there. And then on the on the reverse side for these women to connect. So for you and I to be able to strategize and have that honest conversation with each other and you sent me a photographer and I sent you, you know, a resource for something. I think that's very valuable. And I think women can, can take a lot of shortcuts and avoid a lot of pain points by, by being that someone called it like the ways for female founders. So maybe we'll be the ways for female founders. I love that. So now you have three companies. So obviously your namesake brand, the podcast, Female Founders Collective. How are you managing all three of these while being the face of your company, while being a mom? <laughs> all these things, like what is your secret? All right. I'm going to break it down. When we hired this designer right under me to run my team, my design team, to run the day-to-day, that freed up almost 80% of my time. You know, when I went from managing a team of 18 to a team of one who manages the team of 18, all of a sudden I was like, I have a lot of time on my hands. And what am I going to do with that time that I've never had before? And all the travel that was connected with that, like going to Asia and going to Europe, all that, like all of a sudden went away. So I really said, I really want to focus on Female Founder Collective. I want to focus on the podcast and I want to focus on the content and PR aspects of the company. So that's where I divide my time now. And that is very doable. We have a team of three for Female Founder Collective. So it's a small team, but we're mighty. That's how I do it. I love it. So obviously being in business 15 years, tons of ebbs and flows, 
But also you need a lot of resiliency and confidence to build a business, you know, even in the fashion industry in New York City as a woman, all of the above. What advice do you have for women that are struggling with confidence um, to bring their idea to the table? Or like, what are some of your tips for going into that room and, and making an impact? First and foremost, everyone is faking it. And so I think you have to go into that room with your poker face. And if you're scared, if you're not certain, you just got to like pull your shoulders back and just fake it. And I view it as a muscle, you know, like you'll start getting comfortable the more you do it. And so like face the discomfort, sit in it, you know, and just know that any other person who tells you like they walk into a room and it's totally fine is probably lying or they've done it enough times that now they're not lying. I've just found that you know, you can be scared of all these things. And most of the time it goes away after the first few times because you've exercised that muscle. Absolutely. And I actually interviewed Rachel Tippograph, uh, who I don't know if you know, but she's amazing. And she was saying, you know, when she was going out for VC money, like the first VC she pitched were people she didn't want their money. And she was like, I would never work with, but I just wanted to pitch in front of a room to get my pitch down, which I thought was such interesting advice and like a good way to kind of approach it. But agreed, it's like you get better over time and more comfortable and you get used to, you know, what those questions are going to be and, and kind of being in the hot seat. So speaking of hot seat, we're going to wrap with some hot fire questions. Are okay. you okay? Are you ready? <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Okay. Little black dress or power suit? Little black dress with sneakers. <laughs> Guilty Instagram follow. Badass mother birther, and it's all women having babies, and I, I'm obsessed with it. Oh, God. Okay. I'm <laughs> um, your perfect Saturday morning. Sleeping in, eating um, gluten-infused croissants, which I can't do, but I fantasize about. Coffee. Wrestling with the kids, maybe um, some form of exercise if I'm lucky. Your favorite self-care meal? I think Saqqara. I feel really good when I do Saqqara. Uh, yeah. I know. I was never healthier when I did that. I was, like, killing it. I was drinking all the, you know, charcoal water and all that. And now it's, like, back to just, like, being a sad ramen <laughs> coffee drinker. Um, I know. Okay. One superwoman you'd love to have dinner with. I'm just going to keep hoping that if I say Oprah enough, I'm going to, I'm going to get to her. It, you will manifest it. I feel like it's going to happen a hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for your time. And can you tell everyone where they can find the podcast, um, obviously your fashion line and then, um, female founder collective. Yes. You can find the podcast. It's called super women with Rebecca Minkoff, wherever you listen to a podcast, I'm part of anchor media, which is owned by Spotify. So go to Spotify to listen or Apple has it as well. And if you want to know more about Female Founder Collective, you can follow us at The Female Founder Collective or just follow me at Rebecca Minkoff. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Ladies, self-care is big business. While we're working harder than ever before, we're also working to take care of ourselves along the way. And we're willing to spend big bucks to do so. At Create and Cultivate's first ever self-care summit, we'll be exploring the world of self-care from business of wellness to how the modern working woman turns off and disconnects after a long week in the office. If you're ready for a day of panels, keynotes, pop-ups, crystal readings, meditation sessions, and so much more, everything you know and love from Create and Cultivate, head over to createcultivate.com to grab your tickets for the first ever self-care summit in Los Angeles on July 20th. We'll see you there. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? 
part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.